I love the theme of that song and the name of that song, obviously. And it really is fitting for today because I had a very strange day on Thursday. And I, I gave a little preview just last night on the prayer call a little bit. But last Thursday, I was given a, uh, a prophecy that I ended up playing for the college group Thursday night. And I was going to put it on God Squad, and it, it was really good. It was a video. Put it on God Squad, and in the middle of it, the Lord told me no. He said, I want you to play this Sunday morning. And then he began to unfold what he wants for this morning. That's why I said Thursday was a strange day. Because normally I don't know by Thursday what's going to happen Sunday morning. So, oddly enough, I was actually more nervous. Because I thought, Lord, I'm so much better when you don't tell me anything. Because then if something goes wrong, it's not my fault. (laughs) But he began to lay out something that is for the church. Now, we're going to play this prophecy a little bit later. It's a long prophecy, but it is ignition. It is the culmination of the last three years. It is where the bride sits right now, and it is a warning to the bride. And so this morning is a sober morning. It's a morning to take reflection of where you're at with Christ. And as I said, so many things happen Thursday I, I get a I get a text while while we're watching this video. I get a text from Cheyenne, and she sends me this this passage in Haggai, and it was the very passage that God wanted me to preach from this morning or this morning, and and the storyline of we're going to actually go through the whole book of Haggai. Now, don't worry, it's really short, <laughs> but it is where we've been for the last three years. It is where we're at, and it is where we're going to be. But then, God, that night, and I don't have dreams very often that are from the Lord. I don't have dreams very often that I remember. But that night, I had a very strange dream. And it it was a dream unlike any other dream I've ever had, because like Paul said, Whether I was there in body or not, that's how real it was. And when I woke up from that, it was like I didn't wake up. It was like I simply moved. When I went into it, it wasn't like I went into it from sleep. It it, it just is the strangest thing. And I won't tell you the entire dream, but I can tell you that it had to do with witchcraft and I was taken to a different place. I think the place was nearby, but I, I couldn't tell you. I only If I saw the house again, I would know it. But I met this lady who was a witch, a very high-level witch, came out. She either knew I was coming or knew I was there. And she came out to me, and I had seen something before she came out of the house, and I recognized that that was another witch, even though I couldn't. It was in vapor form. And she proceeded to tell me something, which again, I won't get into here. And then I asked her, can I, can I tell you something? 
And her response shocked me because she looked at me square in the face and she said, what? Are you going to tell me that Jesus loves me? And I was thrown back for a second because that's exactly what I was going to tell her. And I said, yes, he really does. He really does love you. And the entire time, I felt like I was speaking from a place of lack. I felt like I was speaking sitting down while she was standing up. And that disturbed me. And immediately I was gone and I, and I woke up and, and the Lord told me, it's time to be bold. My love is bold. My love is not just kind. My love is righteous. My love has expectation. See, this all applies in our lives because Christians become so comfortable with the fact that he loves us. Because he does. He died for us. He would give everything for us outside of his righteousness. That he cannot bend on. And the church for too long has been in a place where we take advantage of his love. We take advantage of his righteousness. And so, go through Friday get into Saturday, and I start thinking, well, maybe that all wasn't really what you meant, Lord. You ever been there? And so to just kind of give me that last final kick out the door, I get a message from Andrew in Nigeria, and he sends me Job 22, 20, 28. He says, you will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on you in your ways. And Jesus said to me, he said, if you want this, he said, you better trust me and you better declare it. So I knew this morning became a moment of declaration. And that's what this is. That's what we're going to go through. I want you to turn to the book of Haggai. We're going to begin this and then we're going to go to the video. And then I'm going to finish this. So you have to forgive me this morning, buckle your seatbelts, get comfortable. It's probably going to be a little longer than normal. I promise you'll drive home in the light. You online, doesn't matter. You're, you're wherever you are. Father, I pray that you speak boldly this morning through me. I give you my tongue. I give you my mouth. I give you my mind. I give you my eyes. I give you my hands. I give you my feet. Father, as I come before you, you told me to take off my shoes. Because this morning, even the preaching is declarations before your court. So, Father, I ask permission to enter your court. As I have prayed and you have cleansed me already, I ask for new robes that I might be heard in your court, the court you have asked me to come to this morning. And I thank you, Father. Take my words and do with them what you will. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 1 in Haggai. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, and we will notice as we go through this, I'm going to point out some of the dates here, so don't worry about them yet. The word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel the son of Shiltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not come, has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Now recognize that this time the temple had not been rebuilt. Okay, they've come out of Babylon, but the temple has not been rebuilt yet. And, and he says, thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. It is, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. What he's saying here, church, is say, he's saying, think about your situation. Think about what's going on around you in your life. Think about what comes up against you every day. Consider your atmosphere. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does, not, does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house, that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew, I blew it away. Why, declare this Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast and all their laborers. I want you to recognize two things here. I want you to recognize first that the Lord told me this applies to ignition before it was ignition. This applied to my life three years ago, four years ago, where I didn't understand that concept of relationship. The second thing I want you to understand here is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. See, in the Old Testament, the temple was where the Holy Spirit dwelled. And not everybody had access there. So when he said that you're putting so much into yourselves and not into the temple, it did not allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. But how this applies today is because when that veil was torn upon Jesus' death, and he resurrected and he brought the Holy Spirit when he went to the Father, 
What changed was we became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Each one who accepts Jesus Christ into their heart becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. So take that and apply it to yourself. What he's saying here, church, is he's saying, are you paying more attention to your life, to your needs, to your desires, to your wants, than what the Lord wants for you? See, you are the temple of Jesus Christ. And when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives, we are ignoring God's house. We're ignoring His work. That's where we were three, four years ago. Even though we desired it, that was the beginning, was desiring Jesus Christ, desiring more from Him, desiring relationship from Him. And then there came obedience. But see, at Ignition, we're called to something very special. And if you've been here for any length of time, you know that it is far beyond these walls. Because there is a church, there is a bride out there that has no idea of the relationship that Jesus Christ desires to have with her. And for a while, for a long while, God's mercy has been abundant. But that time is over. That time has come to an end. He has readied himself. People in the world, a remnant, an army that is ready to tell the bride. To put it out there. I want you to listen to this prophecy. It's long. And it starts pretty rough. It's about 20 minutes. But think of it in the light of what God has done with Ignition the last three years. And where he has us right now. And what he has said is about to happen this year. This prophecy was sent by my mom. I know the young, some of the young people have heard it. I know a few others like Wendy, my wife, have heard it. I've, I've heard it three times now. And I, I'm ready to hear it again. Pay attention. Pay attention. Because this word is true. The first time I heard it. It was such a confirmation in my heart of everything he's been saying to us. But recognize this, that what has been said to us, we now become responsible for. It's not just that you can sit back and say, oh, that's awesome. He's going to do that in us. No, see, he makes us responsible for us to then step. Step in him. So let's listen to this. God said, release this word of the Lord to this house tonight. Um, I'm going to read it to you. That's how God told me to do it. I've never done that before. It's a little different for me, but it's the direction that um, I feel that God wants to release this word tonight in that manner. 
this prophecy tonight is going to deal with the nation. It's going to deal with the lukewarm. It's going to deal with the righteous. And it's going to deal with the wicked. If it doesn't apply to you, don't apply it to yourself. It starts out negative and it ends positive. So I don't want you to feel like, well, there's no hope when you begin to hear this word of the Lord. But this is something that uh, God has very, very clearly spoken to my spirit. And uh, I want you to hear what God has to say tonight to us as the body of Christ. The Lord says that I am now taking hold of the reins of the nations in the earth and of my body and the church. The season of men being in charge is over and I am now going to perform my word of my prophets that they have declared for generations. To those in my house who are believers but have left your first love, either return unto me your passion or I'm going to remove your candlestick and I will give it to another. And the light of my presence will no longer be in your life because you did not value the presence of the Lord. For Christians who no longer value my presence anymore and are lukewarm, and my house has not been a priority in your lives, I am going to withdraw from you this coming year, says the Lord. I have blessed the lukewarm, hoping that my blessings would make you love me more and want to spend time with me, but you have fallen in love with my blessings instead of me. I am now going to remove my protection that I have had in your lives and in your house and over your family, says the Lord. And when you cry out to me, I will not answer you in that day. My people have run after preachers and prophets who have lied to them and said it's all right to be lukewarm and not committed to me and make peace with sin in your life. They have said I am only a God of grace and mercy, and though I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, I also take no pleasure in my people who honor me with their lips, but not with their hearts. For Christians who have known my holy presence and have been filled with my spirit, but have put no value on that privilege, I am 2018 beginning to root my presence from them, and I will, they will no longer even feel convicted for the ways that they go in that are no longer right. I have never asked my children to be perfect just to be holy. Not to love the world or the things that are in the world, but to love me first. When the lukewarm have sold their souls for in the church, I am now going to take from them. I'm going to give it to my children who have lived for me at any cost. There's going to be a great change in the value system in the house of God. I am not releasing this word, says the Lord, because I'm looking for people to repent. I am releasing this word because I am absolving myself of the blood of the lukewarm on the day that you stand and look in the eyes of your Holy Father. So he who is holy, let him be holy still, and he who is unclean, let him be unclean. Starting in the year 2018, I'm going to begin to remove many churches in this nation who have made my house a house of merchandise and have caused my presence to be hid from my sheep. For my house shall be called a house of prayer, says the Lord, and not a den of thieves. 
My house shall be a hospital, saith the Lord. It shall be filled with the bruised, the broken, and the needy. And though my house has been filled with many, it's not been filled with those to whom my spirit has reached out to. This final move I am now releasing in the earth, says the Lord. It is not a move that's going to have mixture, but it will be a move of the pure presence of myself and of the Shekinah glory of God. I am now releasing my glory and my presence in the earth because the harvest is now ready, says the Lord, and I have been waiting for laborers to put the harvest in. I am now saying to the church that I have enough labor, says God, to bring the harvest into the house of the Lord. So in 2018, says the Lord, for many houses, your walls will have to be pushed out, saith God. For there's an army of men and women that are getting ready to come into the house of the Lord. And for those that are labor, saith God, your labor in my work has not been in vain. But the joy of the Lord shall be in thee as you walk, saith God, then come in. Not by the hundreds and not by the thousands, but by the millions they shall come into the United States of America and to other nations and my house shall again be called the house of prayer. As I now begin to release my glory in the nation, there are going to be massive crowds and abundant supply of financial resources. Great signs and wonders shall not only be in my church, but they shall begin to be released in Congress and in government, saith God, and in places of leadership throughout the world. I have withheld signs and wonders and miracles because the counterfeit church has made a God out of them and sought them and counterfeited them and would not give me glory. In 2018, there shall be a beginning of the greatest supernatural display of the glory of God that man has ever seen. You shall stand in amazement, saith God. And even the stories that have been told to you by another generation shall not be able to measure up to that that I am getting ready to release in my body of Christ for the glory of the Lord. For it is my honor, saith God, to display the muscle and the power of my mind. And though I have been limited, saith God, I am now no longer limited. For I have an army of believers who have risen and up in faith and have declared our God can do anything. The days of the devil and his servants putting a muzzle on my people are over. I now say to the Lord that I'm going to put great men in places of tremendous influence in the nations. They will speak with such authority and power that the enemy will not be able to be challenged. And the voices of them that have stood on your televisions and said that God is dead and that righteousness is evil and evil is righteousness. God says I'm going to respite them. I'm going to declare war on the devil and his kingdom and his servants who have tried to destroy me and my people saith the Lord. 2018 saith God will be known and remembered as a year of death in the United States for the wicked who have been a mouthpiece for Satan and also for false prophets, hirelings and wolves in sheep's clothing and the lukewarm. God says I am physically going to remove men and women and when you get up in the coming years saith the Lord you shall be amazed at the names that are going to begin to leave the earth that have tried to devour 
and detour the power and the glory of the Lord. I'm going to replace him with men who have never been heard and women who have been silenced by the enemy. They shall stand and speak under the wisdom and the power of God. And even your news channel saith the Lord shall begin to give them coverage of what God is saying to this hour. In 2018, though it will be a year of death for the wicked, God says it will be remembered as a year of rebirth and life for the righteousness. I now speak as the eternal Father of heaven says the Lord. For decades, my son Jesus Christ has been ridiculed, discredited, mocked and ignored by the wicked and have not been given honor and reverence by the lukewarm. God says I am now, hallelujah, in this coming year, in this nation and in nations around the world. I'm going to vindicate my son Jesus Christ. I'm going to lift him up and and his name, and it will be a name above all names in heaven and in earth, saith the Lord. And the name of Jesus again will be on the lips of men and women that are righteous in this country. And the days of maligning God, saith the Lord, are coming to an end. God says, I'm going to bankrupt sports in the year of 2018. It shall be the beginning. God says, I'm coming against Hollywood. God says, I'm coming against the NFL. God says, I'm coming against professional sports, and they will never recover what they have had in times past. At the same time, saith the Lord, there's going to be a spirit of honor that's going to descend upon the house of God. And I'm going to redeem the integrity of my people and my ministry, saith the Lord. And in the house of God, it shall be known as a house of integrity, righteousness, and power by my spirit. Starting now and continuing to the year 2018. I am going to answer long-term prayers of the righteous, both in the spirit and in the natural. For years, saith the Lord, my children have prayed to me, petitioned me, asked me, and commanded me. Yet I have been silent until they wondered, God, do you even hear us? Yes, I have heard you, O righteous children. And not only am I going to answer your prayers in the spirit, there's going to be revival and glory and restoration. 2018 shall be a year of natural blessing upon the house of God. The Lord says movie companies are not going to have enough trucks to handle the amount that the righteous are going to move from one home to another. I'm going to take businesses, saith the Lord. I'm going to transfer their ownership and their deed. I'm going to give it to men that have struggled but have tied and have stood on the things of God and held on to the word of the Lord. 2018 will be a year of great reward to those who with their sacrifice and faith have proved to me whether I answered your prayers or not that you would love me and serve me till you died. And if you died, your prayers not answered. That praise would still be upon your lips as you crossed over from this world to the next. I'm going to command the enemy, saith the Lord, to release and restore all that he has stolen from the righteous men and women in the earth, so that the word of the Lord shall be fulfilled and declares the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And though they think because their name's on the deed that it belongs to them, God says, I've had this generation of wicked men just become caretakers to nurture and to take care and to grow the prosperity that I'm getting ready to release unto the 
the Lord. God says your prayers have ascended unto the throne room of the Lord. And I am now preparing me a house and a habitation that shall be beautiful. And ye shall be set as a city upon a hill that shall not be hid. And all that in that day saith God, mortgages shall be burned. And the righteous, hallelujah, shall bring the power of God back into the house. There will be such an abundance of the presence of God. Though that money and resources uh, that we will have to tell people enough, enough. The coffers are overflowing. For my earth has is full of my possessions, saith the Lord. Uh, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, do not think uh, because I have been silent uh, that I have not heard your voice. But on the year of the Lord has been attuned to the cry of my people. And now I stand this day, saith God, and I flex a muscle of my arm. And I declare unto the earth that it's mine. The church is mine. Man is mine. I made man. He did not make me. And my word will not return unto me void. This move that you're going to see with thine eyes is not a pruning of my house, saith the Lord, but it is a cleansing, saith God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. The Lord says, I'm not going to judge those who have sinned out of weakness. My mercy shall cover thee. But he said, I'm going to judge those in this nation and in my house who sinned out of choice and rebellion and have rejected the ways of God. Grace saith the Lord, and judgment shall flow two rivers at the same time from my throne. One shall be to the righteous whom the world is mocked and ridiculed, and the other shall be to the wicked who says there is no God. Oh no, this saith the Lord, that when the trumpet sounds, all they shall wish they had been as the righteous, for the favor of the Lord is now upon my people in the year 2018, saith the Lord. And though they reap the plagues of Egypt of the first few, God says, I declare that from this day on, I am sending, saith the Lord, a fence around godly families. And I make a commitment to you, says the Lord, and an oath that cancer shall not cross over, death shall not cross over, disease shall not cross over, and the devourer shall not cross over. For there is favor upon the righteous in the year of 2018. And while there grows darkness in their nation, there shall be light in the land of the righteous and the spirit of heaviness that the enemies put on you saith the Lord I take it off and I put on you the garment of praise my word is going to be fulfilled because I do not lie and my word will not return unto me void and for those that have served me for generations and for decades and have wondered God if this is all there is know my son and daughter that know this is just the beginning of what is being released. So choose me, saith the Lord. Choose me. And know that the arm of flesh will fail you, but the arm of the Almighty shall sustain thee forever, saith the Lord. For there have been many that before men were ashamed of me, 
God says I can no longer have people who will be ashamed of me before men. I need my church, saith the Lord, to take a public decoration from this day on, regardless of the cost, that I am going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. The last move of the Lord will never be to the lukewarm. It will be to the unsaved and it will be to the righteous. And God says, I am withdrawing my conviction for those that have heard me and I pleaded with them that did not come. God says, you say there's time. I say there is no time for the lukewarm. There is for the righteous and there is the unsaved. But the Lord says, what I am releasing is so precious and so glorious that I cannot allow it to be put on people who put value, who don't put value on it. God said there's a wind of rest that I'm beginning to blow and I am blowing rest upon the lives of you faithful men and women that have been so depleted from the battle. Today I am taking the sword out of thy hand and I am putting the banner of righteousness and praise upon thee. And the war is coming to an end with evil in your life. For the unsaved that are in your family, God says, part of my heritage to you is that before 2018 is out, that many of you are going to stand in this church with your unsaved seed standing beside you, and they're going to give their hearts to the Lord. God said, I am bringing healing to the risks of families, and there's a bond of unity and love that's getting ready to hit the house of the Lord. And as the Lord says, I am not angry with thee today, that I am releasing this word because I am now moving, and man is no longer in charge. And God says, I want you to be in my house. I want you to be in my kingdom. I want to open the windows of heaven on you and I want to bless you. I'm not angry. You are my love. I take no death in the uh, pleasure in the death of the wicked. What I have is so valuable that what I'm going to give to committed people is of such price that I can only give to people who by faith have declared value of me. I have not forgotten the rejections of sufferings, the embarrassments that you have endured for being a Christian. Know this, saith the Lord. There has been a voice of evil that has spoken in this nation. God says, I'm going to muzzle that voice. And there's going to be a voice of righteousness loose. And God says, you will sit in front of your television, news stations, and you will look at one another in amazement and say, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Because God said, I'm lifting up men that I'm going to confirm, says the Lord, that it's not the days of preaching anymore. It is the day of demonstration. And though there will be preaching in the house, God said it will not have the preeminence that it's had, but God said the greatest preaching is going to come forth. There's going to be a confirming of the word with signs and wonders following. The Lord says it's going to even be on little children that I'm going to hit classrooms. I am invading the school system of the United States of America. And these lies, saith the Lord, that have infiltrated and have been taught. God said, I'm going to remove professors and teachers that have taught children that, that which is not true. And because they stood in my classroom and taught this generation what is not true, God said, I am releasing a righteous sound. The Lord also says the flag of this nation shall not fall to the ground in empathy and embarrassment. But the Lord said, I'm raising it back up. 
And as you've honored the flag, saith the Lord, thou hast honored me. And know this, saith God, I breathe on you. I breathe on you life. I breathe on you joy. I breathe on you peace. And may the God of peace be upon thee. My children, may you receive my word today, saith the Lord. Father, <clears throat> Father, we stand in agreement together before your court as we have remained before your court. We stand in agreement with what was just submitted, that prophecy that you gave to Kent Christmas. Father, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. See, what he doesn't know, and what we do know, is we've been allowed behind the curtain. What he doesn't know is that very voice that he was prophesying over, that has been over this country, the destroyer, we know is being silenced. We know he's been stripped of authority. And we're just waiting for a final piece of evidence for him to be bound and cast to the abyss. See, with that comes great responsibility. What you have been shown, what you have been given, comes with great responsibility. It can't just be church as usual. Do you see... Everything's about to change. It has to. Because for him to ready his bride, as in Revelation 3.9, it has to change. Because for decades it's gone on where we categorize God and we set him in this particular compartment and say, when I need you, I know where to go to get you. We don't include Him in every part of our lives. We build our own house. We care about our own paneled homes. We worry about important things to us. We worry about our careers. We worry about what we wear. We worry about how we're going to pay the mortgage. All important things. But God said, I need a people stronger than that. I need a people with greater faith than that. I need a people that can see beyond what is right in front of their face. That's what he's declared over us for the last three years. He's been crying out, will you be those people? Will you be that remnant? Will you be that army to stand up for Him? To stand up, not against the world, but stand up for righteousness. Stand up for God's love. Not God's love that just makes my life so easy because then I can do what I want. 
See, there's no righteousness in that. And His mercy does not take us beyond our own capability. You, you, can't, you can't live how you want to and figure His righteousness will be the border between what you want to do and what He wants you to do. Because each of you has a calling on your life. You know that. You've heard that. I'm sure if you've been here for any length of time, Holy Spirit's been heavy on you for that. But that doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come true automatically. It comes true when we say, yes, turn back to Haggai. We're going to continue this in verse 12. Now remember what Jesus just said, and it was on the first day of the sixth month. So the first day of the sixth month, he had told them, consider your ways. Consider your lives. Consider what you're doing. Verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of Israel, obeyed the voice of their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message, I am with you, declares the Lord. See, there was obedience, and then there was support. They made the choice to obey And God declared, I am with you. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. On the 24th day of the month, In the sixth month, 21 days is all it took. They became, as a nation, obedient. So then they begin work on this temple. They begin laying the foundation, building the walls, putting stone upon stone. And in the seventh month, on the 21st day, a little less than one month later, I want you to recognize the dates here. Because I believe these dates to be prophetic for us. In an image. I don't mean this specific number of days. I'll explain the image that the Lord showed me later in regards to the timing. But almost a month later, they're just working. They've been obedient now. For almost a month. Verse 1 of chapter 2. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. So again, now they're in the middle of the work. They've already been obedient. They're in the middle of the work, and the Lord comes through Haggai again. And he says, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say... Who is left among you who saw this house 
in its former glory. How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, in a little while, we kind of call that soon, (laughs) just saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Silver is mine, the gold is mine declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. See, I want you to recognize that in the midst of their toil, where they had already become obedient, They had already stepped in faith to do what God told them to do. In the midst of that, God came and encouraged them and said, you're doing it. Don't don't be afraid. I'm with you. I told you to do this. I'm going to bless you. It's coming. That blessing's coming. He came and said that right in the middle of what they were doing. Move on to verse 10. Now on the 24th day of the ninth month, recognize this is now three months after they stepped in obedience. Three months. The word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and touches with his fold bread, or stew, or wine, or oil, or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. Now now then consider from this day onward, three months after they stepped in obedience, from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw fifty measures, there were but twenty. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Verse 18, consider from this day onward. And he 
re-records the date from the 24th day of the ninth month. Since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. Before we get into just this last part, I want you to recognize they had to be willing. They had to step out. And they had to continue. For three months, they were encouraged during that time. For three months, it said nothing changed. It said that everything still went into bags with holes in the bottom. They still went to draw the the 50 gallons or whatever of wine and it became 20. During their labor, they still did not receive the promise. But then it came to a point after three months where Jesus said, from this day, from this day, all that is different. All that will change from this day. Verse 20. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. So after their obedience, he then encouraged them through the process. See, that's like what God has done with us. Three years ago, we began Ignition Church. Three years ago, we stepped in obedience when we didn't know where we were stepping. In your life, you have stepped without knowing where you were going to step. But you stepped in obedience. And over the last three years, well, first of all, we've come to hate the word soon. Right? But over the last three years, we've been given prophecies of what will be. We've been given training of what is. Understanding of the warfare that we have to rise up to come against. See, because Satan is not going to give up what he's had so easily. And he is no match for the Lord. But the Lord has one problem. He's chosen to do it through man. God could, with a whisper, wipe Everything of Satan out in a moment. But he didn't because he chose 
to do it through man and woman. He chose it to do it through us. So because of that, just like them, there had to be a choice of obedience. Just like them, there had to be a period of training, a period of trusting without seeing the blessing. But yet through that process, through the last three years, God has provided. God has given everything that we've needed. God has not given in abundance as He has promised. But He has given what we needed. The abundance has come in the training. The abundance has come in the relationship. The abundance has come in Him showing us Him. And His Word. And that personal, intimate relationship with Him that does not have to come through me, but that you have personally with Him. In three years, He has shown us that. In three years, He has prepared us. In three years, He has trained us. And I am here to declare today, today, the blessing begins. Do you understand that? Today, the blessing begins. Because today begins the work outside of these walls. I can't begin to tell you how He's going to do that. But I can tell you He is. Because He told me today. And He said, this must be declared before my court. Now Father, I don't know what court I'm in. I believe it's the third time I've been to this court. But I declare it before the court that today is when your word takes place for Ignition Church. Where your word takes place for the bride. Where your word takes a hold of hearts that will come against the enemy without fear, with all boldness, recognizing that our lives, our temples, have to be what's first. Our relationship with the Lord has to be what's first. Because that's when everything else falls into place. This is what the bride needs, yet they don't know it. They're not going to want to hear it. But we must tell them. And more than that, we must show them. Because there's a power that is inside you that has yet to be released, has yet to be unleashed. But today it begins. The Lord told me Tuesday Lord told me Tuesday this week something would happen that would change history. I didn't know what that was until just now. It is that declaration in his court. Now I don't know how he's going to do it. 
We know the prophecies he's given us. Honestly, I really don't care. I don't care how he wants to do it. I just want to be obedient. I just want to be obedient and say, yes, I will do this. And I know along the way you're going to encourage me. I know along the way, Father, you're going to give me what I need. And then when your timing is right, you'll bring the harvest. You'll bring the increase. And Father, I thank you that that increase now is now. That that is coming now. And I declare that the destroyer has no hold on this country. The destroyer has no hold on what he has had authority before. He has been stripped of his authority. So I declare and I demand in the court to know by what reason he is allowed to hang on. For we know his destiny, Father. We read it in Revelation chapter 9. He is the king that leads the demonic spirits from the abyss. You have told me that. So that means, Father, that he must go to the abyss. So before your courts, I ask that you reveal, and we trust in your timing, but that you reveal the last piece of evidence that seals his binding and casts him to the abyss. For when that happens, there will be a sign. And I've said this before, and the Lord will have me proclaim it again. But there will be a sign because his stronghold, the destroyer stronghold, which is the Washington Monument, will come down. And it will not be rebuilt. And it will reveal in its foundation what it was dedicated to. This very Abaddon, this very Apollyon that is the destroyer. Are you ready, church? Are you ready? Because see, an army that invades an enemy's land is hated. Are you ready? Jesus said, if you follow me, the world will hate you because they have hated me. That is no different now than it was then. But I'm going to add a little bit of a twist onto it that he's shown us and he's declared to us. It won't just be the world that hates you. It'll be those that are brothers and sisters, but love the world. You cannot love the world and love Jesus Christ and follow both. But the church needs to hear. The church needs to know the truth. 
The church needs to know what God has brewed in your heart for the last three years. And he says, today it begins. There's a boldness that he will give you. He will give each of you. There's a confidence that he will give. If you step in obedience, he will give that confidence that won't make sense. I can tell you that by experience. Three years ago when he told me to, actually three, almost four years ago now, when he told me to get rid of the business, and I did, I stepped in obedience. And there was a confidence that came in that, that made no sense. He's going to step us into places that are going to require that boldness, require that confidence. You may already be in them. At your workplace, at your school, friends, even family. Family's going to be tough. Because I know it won't make sense. I know even to my own family that are even listening online right now, it won't make sense. See, because they know me. They knew me for years. And just like Jesus and his family in Nazareth could not understand who he was, your family's not going to understand the changes. They're not going to understand where this boldness is coming from. Is it coming from a place of Pride, of haughtiness. Only you can determine that, because it cannot come from that place. It has to come from a place of confidence in your relationship with Christ, in recognizing how much He loves them, how much He loves you. So are you ready, church? Are you ready? It begins today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. And Father, I submit before your court. As Alexis comes up here, I know she has a word. I submit before your court, Father that we will step, and we have stepped in obedience. We will continue to step in obedience. We will continue to do your will. And Father, we don't do it for the increase. We do it because we love you. We do it because, as David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, that was the relationship with David. But now you have torn that veil and you have made us your temple. 
So we desire, just as David did, to be with you every day, to say yes and to do whatever it is you have in your plans for us. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. interesting how God puts um, lessons together in ways that um, so much of what he said was so heavy on me this morning in class, but in a different way. And I just saw the Holy Spirit doing it in Mm -hmm. sync because we are talking about letting go of hurts and how hurts hinder things we've been through that create walls. And when you've been through difficulties, when you continue to be in difficulties, like people not understanding the path you're walking, people not um, being supportive, uh, hurts from any number of people that have been in your life that create these walls. And when we step without the faith and without that abandon and without that understanding of who God is, it creates this trepidation. It creates this tendency to want to sit back and just be... um, waiting for God to just show up and we hear about the glory and we hear about the miracles and the power and the Pentecost and we're like, can't we just stay in the upper room and just just hang out and let the wind of the Spirit just do it? But clearly that's not what God is asking of us. And every single heart in here, I I believe, I I feel like it's every single heart in here is, I I would, if I could humanly measure it based on other churches, is so much further ahead in terms of the abandon and the the hunger, but yet Paul said, "Never don't compare yourself with other people. You'll you'll always um, you, you won't ever have a, a correct measuring stick. You never have the right place to start from if you're always comparing yourself with somebody else. It's got to be what does God want me to do? Everything. That's why when we talk about some of these little things, like even today, I was picturing." If we care about our lives more than we care about our relationship with God, it's going to show up in the choice you make from the moment that your bottom is lifted out of your chair in some form or another. And it's going to look different for everybody. That's why you can't have a legalistic approach. We talk about the prayer call. It's not about the legalism of making it on the prayer call. But if God has been prompting you to be part of the prayer call and you're not, then you're caring about something else more than you're caring about being obedient to him. It could be anything. It could be stopping doing something. It could be, you know, any number of things. It could be an issue of forgiveness over somebody. Um, but it's, it's ultimately, though, about is God, maybe there's a reaction. Um, I've had this, this last three years, and what was flooding my mind as he was speaking and as the prophecy was coming, I thought, wow, the things that I had to surrender I didn't even know were in my life. And one of them was that, Things aren't going the way that I expected them to go, good or bad. When life doesn't go the way you expect or the way you're used to things being, do you know how easy it is to have a spirit of bitterness about that? It's so interesting. And and we don't think about those little things being surrendered. But when you let something like that stick in you, well, that's just not the way things are done or that's just not the way I know it to be. All of a sudden now, that can turn into a conflict with, this person, or an anger with this person. Satan, we need to, you know, it's a a surrendered life is the only way to fight his devices. So, I just, um, 
I feel like the concept of of following him today is is literally a just a, a going before the Lord and just saying, look, whatever it is, from lunch to you know the the fast to any decision you need to make, ask him, God, what do you want me to do? And open up my eyes because he's about to uh, unlock things. And um, boy, if there's anything that you're holding back in even the smallest area, um, ask him to reveal it. And um, I just. Uh,